Welcome back, our lovelies, to The Hum and the Holler, the podcast that accompanies the images and spells of our 2021 calendar. Here we are at the final one. In this podcast all year long, we have been taking you on a journey through different spells, which are also different clues to solve a year-long riddle. And we are finally at the end, the solution. We will be getting into it. Mm-hmm. I am Karina Dross. I am so glad you're joining us. Um, I'm living on Lenny Lenape land, also known as Philadelphia. And I'm Joe, and I'm in the hills of Madison County in western North Carolina on stolen Cherokee land. And this is our 12th episode. Before we go on, just want to shout out a lot of love to all our listeners. Thank you, Patreon supporters, for putting a monetary donation in every month to support us. That's so incredible. And also thanks to all of you who are following along. That's really great to be listened to. <laughs> <laughs> we love being listened to. We love in being addition to, to this podcast, which is our main <laughs> our main entree, as it were. There's like some side nibbles on the same feed. Uh, that's called The Hum. It is where I take you through the astrology of each month from new moon to new moon. We just had a new moon. Um, so there's a current episode out now. And the next one will be out... Um, in time for the January 2nd new moon of the new year. I'm just going to say real quick that as far as side nibbles go, this isn't like a highly nourishing <laughs> side nibble. The The new moon <laughs> podcasts are really um, thorough and helpful, and I love them. They're really good, maybe a little bit more important Aww, than a side you. nibble. Just saying. Mm-hmm. A vegetable entree, let's say. That's right. Before we do anything else, Karina, will you tell us what you see in this image, the open and empty image? What are we looking at? Yeah, so you can follow along at home if you want to just turn to this page of your calendar if you're still stuck on November as I was until a few days ago, or if you're driving or meditating or doing something where you are not going to look at the artwork, just listen along. So this last image is an image of a water pitcher. It is a two-handled jug, and we're seeing it kind of hovering in space, just blank white behind it. And it's very head-on, you know, like um, if this were on a table, you would be looking at it directly from the top, you know, so that there is no, um, you don't see the sides of the jug at all. You really just see a top-down view of it. And accordingly, you see this sort of big round opening and there's a little bit of water in this jug that is pouring out so I would say I would say that the water level comes maybe one third of the way up the jug and then there's this beautifully painted trickle of water flowing down that is the only thing that's moving in this image it's very very static big round jug two handles on the top The pitcher spout is facing down, the water is trickling down, and around the edges are the letters that spell the words open and empty. I don't know why I had to call them letters at first. I think because there's this spaciousness where as you're reading it, you're like, oh, look, there's letters. Um, The letters themselves are the same color as the jug, this kind of um, neutral, burnished kind of bone color. And I just want to give a shout out that this is a real jug that I have that my dear friend Lila Moss made for me that we painted. And I'm just going to add 
um, something that I've noticed with this image as it's been shared and I've looked at it is that even though it is quite obviously a recognizable thing doing a recognizable thing, it has an, an, an immediate abstraction to it. it. There's a moment where you look at it and you're like, what is that? What am I looking at? Mm-hmm. Um, is it a boob? Is it a boob? Is it a vagina? Is it, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's happening? You know, like what, what's going Secret on? Butthole? Is it a real thing? Is it a butthole? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is where we're yeah, going to so, leave you for describing the image. <laughs> I've, just, I've been noticing, Joe, that in all sci-fi and fantasy movies that have come out in the last few years, the big mystical thing is in some way a butthole. Like, and I, you know, I could do a lot of like gay cultural theory reading on top of this, but like the worm in Dune, that big hole in the ground in those new Star Wars movies, like there, there is, you know, it just keeps happening where I'm like, oh, right. Big source of power and awe, the butthole. And terror. This is terror. (laughs) This is tangentially related to the answer of the riddle. So maybe let's not go too much deeper. Unexpected moments on the podcast for the win. Uh huh. But yeah, we'll get back to the mysticism. It's all it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing, man. So here we are at the last clue of the riddle in this riddle of a year. And Joe and I were thinking we might read aloud all of the spells so far and kind of take you and us on a journey through what have the steps been for solving this riddle before we get to our solution. Sound good, Joe? Yeah, I just think it's great that this is not actually the solution to the riddle, but the last clue <laughs> is what you just said. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That seems right. That tracks. That seems perfect. Yeah. This sound- yeah, it sounds great. Let's Let's go through it and see how we got here and what's really going on. Beautiful. So as you may remember, we started this year with a hush holds, and that was the painting of the lynx, the sphinxy lynx on kind of a mountain of snow. And this is the opening to the riddle. This is the question, essentially. And Joe and I have been talking about this idea of there being treasure buried in the snow somehow, that there's this question around what is it that's being hidden and protected and frozen over, what are we trying to reach? So this is a more elaborate witchy version of Gollum's riddle, what has it got in its pockets, basically? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are you holding is well, the question. Yeah, and a bit more of somatic questioning, even. Like, we were talking about this also being a kind of nervous system state, potentially, of holding, mm. right? That there's, it's not necessarily what have you got in your it could be in your pockets, but it's like, it's a little bit more like, what is your body holding? What are you holding in your memory and your body? You know, like, um, what's in there? What, what kind of treasure is yeah, in there pocketses. that we can't see? Okay. Okay. Great. Pockets is. Thank you for translating. Yes. That's exactly what I meant. So we start with this, right? And then the very next step is the titular spell, the hum and the holler. Joe, do you want to tell us where you see this taking us? Well, I liked what you said when we were talking about it earlier. Like when you first are given a puzzle 
there's that that moment where you kind of expand your normal thought processes. You expand your way of thinking. It's sort of this mental approach that tries to get wider and try to look at the obvious, but also what might be not obvious. Like, can I can I begin to think about what I usually don't think about? Can I attune to and listen for what may not be obvious? And that leads us to worlds within worlds. And in this clue, I see us taking that first step of expand the mind, get curious about our assumptions, get really clever, and arriving at something that is a false certainty, where Mm -hmm. it might seem as though it all makes sense. We're saying something that sounds very trippy and holistic, and I'm reminded of Janis Joplin, it's, with the famous, it's all the you know, same fucking day, man. It's all the same fucking day, man. Worlds within worlds, you know? So, everything is everything. Everything is everything. Riddle solved. We, our work is done here. And mm-hmm. Joe, I think that you were speaking really eloquently when we were prepping for this about um, what's missing here. Yeah, it's part of the catch to it is that it's not entirely untrue. You know, it's a false start. It's a false answer. It's a false certainty, but you can't just be like, it's false. It's actually false. It's just that the, um, there could be some truth to it, but it's a, it is a compartmentalized understanding of something that is actually quite nuanced and whole, right? That this is the mind being able to see and think that it understands, but there has been no synthesis. There's been no experience, no synthesis, no integration. Um, you know, it's the difference. This is something that you were talking about. It's the difference between being like, wow, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of trauma. Now I know that I have a lot of trauma and it happened this way. And this is what it's going to take to heal it. Okay. I get it. And right, like my healing actually, is done now that I've named my story. I've named my story. I understand it. My, I, I have a top-down understanding of this. Mm-hmm. And, and what it's missing is any kind of bottom-up um, experiential, like, oh, I have learned through incredibly brave um, vulnerability and safe holding, like, where it is in my body, how I, how it comes out through my behaviors, what I need in order to feel safer, um, how to discharge it, who I am now, right? Like there's so much more to it than just being able to write it down and have language for it like that. Yeah. And one thing I find striking is throughout the calendar, we have these messenger mobs, right? Like we are the crow essentially for all of you listening Abacus Corvus, we make crow calendars. <laughs> we we have our own personal mythology around the crow in which, you know, I'm going to let you in on a secret. When you see a crow in a painting, that's you. That's us. That's, that's, that's the subject. Mm-hmm. So in this calendar, the moths are the messengers that are bringing us the clues that we need, that are bringing us the information, that are mm-hmm. being that quieter voice in our own minds or that outer guidance whatever it is that's helping us do this riddle solving. And then the next spell has moths again. And that spell is called hover here briefly. And I see this as a nod to, yeah, you need to have that. Everything is everything 
consciousness-expanding moment, but don't get stuck there. Don't, don't feel as though your, your deeper work of transformation and living into the problem has ended yet. Right. And I would add that it also suggests that in order to get from that mental state into the actual living through of it, you need to take a pause. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like you're going to, that mental energy, that sort of fractal world within worlds can get a lot of momentum. And the hover here briefly is saying, hey, 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 that's important. But in order to actually get to the end of this riddle, we need to slow down for just a moment. Like wait, just wait. Yeah. And in that way, it's prepping us for the next spell, the next clue, Mm -hmm. which is gravity's lullaby, which I read as being so deeply nonverbal and kind of sinking us into the body and into somatic ways of knowing. Yes. And when we do sink into the body, there's, there's emotion there. I mean, so this is, um, there's lullaby. There's something about needing to be soothed and there's maybe some feeling for what is it in you that actually needs to be soothed. And the bear that's in this image is, is con- somewhere between contemplative and sad. And it's a little unclear, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's maybe some, some more emotion present when we slow down. Okay. So we're now starting to include what our body is feeling and what our emotions are into what are the tools that we need to solve the riddle. That's right. And that leads us to Sing the Evening, which is a mysterious one. Joe and I have been talking about this one in a different context. When we do start to go into the body and include our emotional world, sometimes the lights go out. Sometimes we are moving into a territory where we don't have the kind of lantern, we don't have the kind of vision that we're used to. And it, and I believe that this is about really smoothing that transition, trying to focus not so much on the fact that it's about to be really dark, but on the fact that this is when the crickets are singing and this is when the moonlight is there and that all of the things that are with you in the light are going to be with mm-hmm. you in the dark, even if you can't see them. Like there's some, there's some, this, the, like it's, it goes from lullaby mm-hmm. to sing the evening. And that's like, the song hasn't mm-hmm. stopped. There's the song that starts there and let yourself continue to be soothed and, and um, carried into a place where your vision is not mm. what it used to be and you're going to go into the dark. I mean, that's really how I understand it as you're going into the dark, but can it be gentle? I love that. So this is the turning towards nighttime, towards dream states. And I, I love, I don't know why I didn't consciously notice that we went from lullaby to sing. I'm sure we planned that, but, but right now I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Those go right into each other. <laughs> Duh. Um, and The Uh one piece that I would want to add to what you said, which was so beautiful, is that this is one of the first spells that asks you to do a thing that's like not just describing a process, Mm. but it's like now it's time for you to sing. And when I think about everything we've been saying so far, singing is the act of uniting words, body and emotion that, you know, that that. That is the act that ties them together. Beautiful. 
I love that. That's also so beautiful. So then we fall asleep. And, <laughs> and then, so then, so then we fall asleep, and we wake up in a totally different world. So turning the certainty, being out of your element, fundamentally out of your element. Um, a fish in the sky, a bird in the water, um, and and it's similar to the hover here. Briefly, um, it's just going to be a moment, is what it suggests. It's a moment of being really out of your element, but also maybe um, time to pay, you know, take in some information because you're not usually in the sky or you're not usually in the water. I mean, it's, it's an, something about um, being in a new place that is unfamiliar and also like you're not going to mm. stay there. Yeah, this one reminds me of Worlds Within Worlds in that they are both, these temporary landings, but in worlds within worlds, we have a lot of certainty. And in this one, we have none. Uh, Oh, okay, great. I was about to say, I'm like, I like what I just said, but I don't understand what it's saying to us in terms of the riddle. And and you just fix that for me, right? Is that you sing the evening, you do this beautiful thing where you're uniting the language and the body and the emotion, and then you have no idea what's going. I mean, then (laughs) you have no idea, but then you're no longer certain. You're really no longer certain of what you used to be certain about. And that that is actually a really important part of going through Mm -hmm. this riddle is losing your certainty, turning it. Yeah, yeah as you I expand like your curiosity and capacity, you can also become disoriented. You're moving beyond what's familiar for you. And then we reach Grace Follows Awkward. <laughs> you know, we're, we're keeping with the water birds in this one that, that we began with in Turning the Certainty. So we've got a different kind of main character at this point. And what we're learning is... You don't know the dance steps yet. It is okay to be uncertain. As you allow yourself to be beginner's mind, eventually there will be a feeling of gracefulness. And the eventually might be tricky because I think, as we wrote in the blog for this, this isn't about practice makes perfect. So maybe we need to collapse time and say the grace is part of the awkward. You tell me, Joe. What I like about what you said is just how seductive it is to fall into that understanding of like, you do something awkward and then it becomes beautiful. Right. And it's just so, it's so wired into us that that's the trajectory that it would take. You know, you do something, you don't know how to do something, so you're awkward and then eventually you'll be graceful. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that our understanding of this one is like, follows, it follows right on the toes. It's like to be able to move your body, um, to be able to choose behavior that's brand new, um, feels quite uncomfortable to you. And I believe also, um, signals to those around you that you are really here and, and it, and it can draw in, um, I mean, grace is such a huge word, but it draws in, um, patience, love, acceptance, visibility, being known. I mean, all of the things that, that would happen if you're going to be witnessed moving in a new way, right? That, Mm. that it actually, it feels like, you know, excruciating when you're doing it potentially, but right in that moment, you're also making yourself seen to the world as like, I'm fricking doing it. I'm going to be vulnerable is, is essentially how I understand this one. So we've shifted really deeply from the beginning of the spell where we were just trying to 
mentally play with a puzzle and felt very clever. And now we're in a space of vulnerable mm-hmm. experimentation that that brings us into mm-hmm. a different mm-hmm. kind of presence. Yeah. And from here, we need to gather the needful. What's really needed? You know, most likely um, before whoever you were before the riddle started relied on certain things for identity, for navigating the world. And I think that if you're at this point in a process of change, there comes a time to actually assess and really just go out and start to amass the sense of like, oh, I need people who will really listen to me. Oh, I need like really warm socks. I need Mm. to make sure that I'm feeding myself. Um, All kinds of things might come, Mm -hmm. become known to you as, as being needed that, that you weren't, you weren't focusing on before you weren't aware of before you didn't know you got to have before. I think that part is really key. When I think about um, my own practice as an astrologer, almost every client I talk to, we need to spend some time talking about the part of their psyche that learned what it was allowed to need Mm -hmm. and what it was not allowed to need and how to do healing and repair around that. And this, this kind of, it brings me back also to a hush holds because a hush holds is a spell in which there is this sense of, I'm not, I'm not going out scurrying like a squirrel, getting all of the acorns, being fed, being active in seeking out uh, what will meet my needs. There's, mm-hmm. there's instead this freeze of, I have just this uh-huh. and here I stay. Uh-huh. And I need nothing I else. I just need to protect this at all costs, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the next spell, I believe modifies mm-hmm. gather the needful so as you are considering what do i really need how do i shift now that i'm in this space of vulnerability how do i start to answer that question that i could not even ask before what are my real needs and <laughs> i know that for me in the many questions i've had with lovers and friends you know when you're trying to figure out how do we meet each other's needs there's been this kind of back and forth of, well, is that a real need? Do you really need this? Is that just a desire? And perhaps that's um, exposing a little bit of some bad relationships I've been in. But, um, but, but I say this because if you are at all like me, and I think a lot of people have this cultural training, we're taught that Okay, if you really need it, fine, maybe you should get it. But if you just want it, mm-hmm. you know, give it a miss. So, you know, desires aren't as important as needs, and it's important to tell them apart so that you're not just selfishly trying to gobble up the whole world. And I think the unreal and all real is a spell that disrupts that mm. inner judgment around what do I really need. In that disruption, you are able to perceive your interconnection with the past and the future and the present moment and time and space and kind of have a different way into that worlds within worlds spell, but not just through your mind, through your feelings of reciprocity and, Mm -hmm. and mutual 
sort of, uh, how do I say this exactly? Yeah, there's a, there's an active giving and doing mm-hmm. in this part of it. It's relational. I mean, worlds within worlds is heady. And this is actually, um, you're in it with others. There's something on the line, right? That reciprocity is like, it's not just an abstract. You know, I, I, part of what I love about this is that unreal and all real is not abstract versus um, real, you know? like, mm-hmm. And I, I love what you were just saying. What you were saying actually is a little bit I don't know that we even mentioned that during the podcast, but I but I do love it as a disruption of the like, um, well, you better really make sure that it's a need and then maybe you can have it, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that pica is just gathering fluff, right? Like well, anything will do. Yeah. I mean, not really. I'm sure they've got their preferences. But um, one of the things I remember saying about gather the needful was like, um, maybe don't have it be restrictive, you know, like maybe let yourself exactly. need a little bit more than, and, and have it be expansive. It's also the visible and the invisible people can all point to and say, yep, that's a loaf of bread, you know, but, but when can you point and say, yep, that's a nourishing relationship, right? Like, what are you seeing? Or like, mm-hmm. yep, that is someone deeply connected to their ancestry, Yep, that's someone communing with the beech tree, you know? Or are they or are they looking at their phone and you can't tell? I mean, like, I don't know. There's, like, all kinds of things that we, that we can't just point to mm-hmm. and say, yeah, this mm-hmm. is what's happening. But um, we need the invisible mm-hmm. resources. We need the things that we can't point to a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, maybe even primarily, <laughs> the non-things. There is a patch of woods behind my new house that is um there's a proposal to subdivide and develop it to build a bunch of houses on it right now and I've been thinking about how to frame my objection at the community meeting that's happening soon and realizing that the language of uh economics and science are the only legible languages that I can really use as far as I know, I mean, I can try to talk about the invisible and about the spiritual nourishment of a diverse ecosystem in an otherwise residential neighborhood and what it means to be living somewhere that is very close to the home of foxes and owls. And that's not something that our dominant culture considers real enough to uh, protect by and large tangent. It's an important tangent in that you can actually even point to the fox and you can point to the owl, but you can't, it's like, well, you can't point to their significance, you know, like, yeah, you can't say this is an important relationship that we all need. Yeah. That we are able to coexist and not disrupt each other. And what is it? What in, what is it in us that has been frozen and solidified and buried mm-hmm. away that makes it so that we cannot point to that anymore together, that we can't just know yeah. it and see it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we arrive at our final moth. Mm-hmm. Last month's the big spell one. between message and messenger. And here's where I think those, those whispering voices 
get louder. Mm-hmm. The moth is For much sure. bigger in this one. And there is a, a clear sense of trajectory happening. And I remember, you know, whenever I look at this spell, I still feel a sense of mystery. I think of all of the spells in this year's calendar, this is the one that I sit with most and wonder about. Um, so I'm curious, Joe, if you want to tell me what feels, what feels true about this one for you? Well, um, I, I have a similar thing with this spell, only it's, it's a little different. It's that I look at it and I know exactly what it means. And I have no idea if I can use language to explain what it means. Um, Mm-hmm. I understand that gather the needful brings us a little bit more into like the actual, I mean, not like we only need to need physical things, but like the image is telling us like, get down into your little rodent self and make your nest, right? Like remember that you have animal mm-hmm. needs here and then unreal and all real is like, and also remember that you are part of uh, an enormous complex system, some of which is visible, some of which is invisible, and it's all important. It's all needed, right? And I think it's important before we get into between message and messenger that we are we are right at this like tumbling point to the end of the riddle, right? So I'm it, mm-hmm. like, there's a pressure building, and. Mm-hmm. Gather the need for, okay, I've just been vulnerable. Now I need to get what I need. What do I need? Oh, it's unreal and all real. Well, that's a lot. Do I know how to do that? Okay. And instead of bringing us somewhere that is grounding, the mm-hmm. riddle takes us to a place that has um, nowhere near the same kind of pause as Hover Here Briefly moths had, right? It's not the mm-hmm. same kind of pause, mm-hmm. attune, and listen that the hum and the holler has. It says, actually... We are going to uh, like zoom in on a space that is almost always collapsed with speed or collapsed by the ways that we communicate with each other. It's in a lot of ways between message and messenger opens up the unconscious realm for me. And it says in between all of these things that are um, tangible or audible, these messages that are going around and around, like culture itself being a message and we are the messengers, mm. right? That there is something happening in between. There's a space there. Mm. And we don't, we don't often give it space. We say culture is culture. Yeah, maybe we're creating it, but like, how are we creating it? What would happen if, if we were actually living more or even just focused briefly making louder, making more obvious the fact that there is a dynamic living space between like a message and mm-hmm. the messenger, or, like the unconscious that, that mm-hmm. is driving us, that there might be an unconscious thing mm-hmm. driving us. And if, can we become conscious of it maybe is, is part of what I would land on for this one. Yeah. That brings me in so many different directions. I and I think that's why the spell is hard for me to know, to kind of land on. And here's what this means you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about linguistic theory, I'm thinking about therapy and psychoanalysis, I'm thinking about capitalism and the ways that entire populations believe a certain myth around money and mm-hmm. all of those interstices where rupture is possible and where you can 
go into like the space between the molecules and be in that in that openness of mm-hmm. this is not fixed yet the story is not over yet that's right the the assumption we have about what something means is infinitely um indeterminate when we get when we zoom in on an atomic level <laughs> see this That's is what right. happens when i try to talk about the spell no this is right i mean we're uh-huh. talking about um i mean i know it's this is like really of course it's hard to talk about a spell that's called between message and messenger because we're being messengers <laughs> we're trying to get a message across we're being messengers but the whole point is that this mm-hmm. is pointing to a space just before that or just after that never actually the things that you and I are saying about it right it's trying to position us into mm-hmm. an incredibly um un known space inarticulate that's what I'm trying to say it is an inarticulate space oh yes okay so we've been talking about thought and messages this whole time right we began with this feeling of how do I solve the riddle I'm going to use my mind I'm going to listen to these small voices that are the moths they're going to there we go and now we have this final moth and we're like here you are you you're the messenger and there's the message it's the moon up there but actually that's the last it. minute we're being diverted and being asked to focus on the in-between, which in this image is this river of clouds. And moonlight. I don't want to give away the last spell yet, but I have something to say about the clouds maybe when after we get to the last one. I know. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Great. Yep. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's go. unpack open and empty. Here we are, end of the riddle. Mm-hmm. So... We began with snow. Yep. Frozen water. Yep. And here we have water pouring itself out. Yep. And in between that is vapor. Is the water In vapor. between that is cloud. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So when we ask ourselves, what was the treasure? What was hidden in that snow? I'm going to cry. I know. I'm feeling really emotional. I don't know why. (laughs) It's the melting, Um, the melting in the water. Yeah. The answer, the answer is that the, the treasure is the capacity to To, melt, to melt, capacity and to to flow. flow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to keep moving and like to go where you Mm -hmm. go, where you go and do what you do and, um, to not have to be stuck. And also like, What's in the snow is itself in a different form. Right, right, exactly. You were the treasure. You all were the along. treasure all along. <laughs> when I am in my own pockets, is I am in my pockets. Is. <laughs> exactly. We are um, the pockets that we have been looking for. That's right. We are. We are, and we are in the pockets we've been looking for. Um, but also. Uh, what if, what if the space between all these messages, you know, I'm thinking cultural, I'm also thinking like the conditioning that we come in, that we come into our adulthood in, right? The conditioning that we accumulate throughout our lives, which is both culture and family um, and our own unique strangeness, just sort of, you know, interpreting life and imprinting it on the way that we are in the world. Um, 
Mm-hmm. What, what could be possible if the space in between uh, our conditioning or the, me- the, the message and like us, us perpetuating these messages, if we are the messengers of these, of the conditioning, like what could happen mm. if actually before we act, before we speak, uh, I mean that both literally and figuratively, before we become messengers, um, mm-hmm. we are open and empty, that there is an openness and an mm. emptying right? That we aren't just full of these stories that we just keep telling, but actually have, have an emptying Mm. of the stories an openness to who knows Mm. what, then we speak, then we act. Right. A kind of radical receptivity rather than this feeling of being jam crammed full of language Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and already digested stories. That's that right. Just need to get spewed out, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a weird way to say that. <laughs> I think that was perfect. I think that's like okay. well, because part of what I like about that is that there is um, there's an urgency in it. There's a tension. There's like a mm-hmm. there's something. Um, I think about. I think I've talked about enactments and like reenactments, and I can't remember which one we were talking mm-hmm. about it in. But this idea that we um, we are actually best at. Uh, at repeating what we know, even if it's mm-hmm. not what we want, mm-hmm. right? We're incredibly exactly. good at doing that. And, and mm-hmm. you know, in my work as a psychotherapist, there's, um, I mean, that's one of the most mysterious, like I can, I can hover in that space, like between message and messenger with people, right? Mm-hmm. But but part of what we do is, is have to sit with how powerful the unconscious is, right? That, mm-hmm. that the impulse, there is an impulse, there is momentum, there is psychic energy, there's drive to do this. There's this huge overpowering sense that you are going to get what you want. You're going to get what you need. And it is like, this person is either the sexiest or the job is going to be the best or like whatever it is you're about to get into, it feels so right because it hits all those things, you know, and to be open and empty instead of that is quite an ask. And I think that we're, we ourselves are fluidly moving towards getting deeper into the meaning of this one spell, Mm -hmm. which I see as this very specific description of how to be in that state in a way that isn't actually alarming, but is pleasurable Mm -hmm. because Mm. often, you know, if we think about openness, there's a vulnerability there. And if Mm -hmm. we think about emptiness, there can be this feeling of lack or um, disconnection. And this is not, either of those things that this is there's a lot of strength in this openness and the Mm -hmm. emptying itself I'm seeing as a necessary cyclical release of fullness that Mm -hmm. connects you to part of a larger system Mm -hmm. so that right system and cycle and you know it's striking yeah it's striking to me that the uh the painting we made wasn't of an open vessel but was of a vessel that is in the process of emptying Mm -hmm. that it's not I am completely empty. It is emptiness is an important action that I am doing. 
because I am going to keep getting filled up because that is the nature of, of a vessel, right? I, as a human, I'm going to keep having experiences and relationships. I'm going to keep drinking water and needing to pee it out. I'm going to keep having feelings and needing to cry them out. I'm going to keep taking things in, transforming them and releasing them mm-hmm. rather than needing to freeze. I don't want to diminish the importance of freezing as a survival skill as needed. There's so much in here about uh, what you said about vulnerability and strength makes me want to say that it's actually, um, I mean, that's one of the one of the most courageous states we can be in, and we have the strangest association to vulnerability and weakness. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, um, you know. Like when you see people doing vulnerable things, do you see them? This is like a Brene Brown thing that I was just watching. Like, like what is vulnerability? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like um, contact, being in touch with someone who just lost a loved one. Right. Like it's like going into a space of accountability around um, having hurt somebody. Right. It's about um, admitting your deepest feelings. I mean, these those are not things that weak people do. (laughs) Right. 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 Exactly. It's it's a very like that's kind of that's like the cultural thing between message and messenger. Something got missed there that vulnerability would be weakness Mm -hmm. in that interpretation. Right. Mm -hmm. So in this in this image, we have the openness um, actually symbolized by a fired pot, you know, (laughs) an incredibly strong, sturdy, two handled fired pot. Right. Mm -hmm. And. And the empty, as you said so beautifully, hasn't happened yet and may not ever happen completely. There might always be bits of water in there, may not ever need to happen fully. I love what you're saying about vulnerability as as an indication of strength. And when we come back to the first spell and look at that lynx again, that is one powerful beastie. And Mm -hmm. there's a different need for those sort of fierce protectors when Mm -hmm. we don't have the strength ourselves to be open and empty. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing in this, this whole riddle and this whole process is what steps do we need to take in order to be strong and resilient enough to reach openness and emptiness Mm -hmm. without needing that, that fierce protector beast, keeping us frozen, keeping us in this space of protected stasis. Yeah. If we are going to talk about this on a nervous system level and, and, and just address like mm-hmm. trauma and the body and what the body needs to do and really trusting the wisdom of the freeze in this particular riddle, I'm going back to grace follows awkward to say something mm-hmm. really important is that you're not moving alone in that one. There are other birdies mm-hmm. with you. And I yeah. think that, yeah. um, Awkwardness is like, oh, I'm being awkward. But that's also a spell to to that's um, one in which you are in in a space where you can release shame and without that, you're not gonna we don't get to open and empty. 
We don't get to gather the needful. We don't get to open and empty without a space that is relationally safe enough to clear shame. You know, like we're going to stay, we're going to stay frozen if we need to. And that's its own wisdom because it, until it's, until it's safe to thaw this, I mean, okay, this is a riddle about healing. This is a riddle about alchemy and transformation. And one of the things that we know about water is that it will thaw when the conditions are right. We don't have to like do a thing to it. It's the environment that it's going to respond to. And so if it's, if it's cold enough, it will freeze. And when it's warm enough, it will melt and it will flow. And, and maybe as we're wrapping up this part of things, I know we're not quite done. I just want, when I'm looking at the image also, like there's something that's incredibly pleasurable. It's a very pleasurable image. It's like a pleasurable river of water. I mean, it's like, um, I'd like there to, I'd like to, um, make sure that the pleasure of flow is really named in this spell as, as, as like the answer to the riddle is like, let it feel really good to be in flow. And for the ritual this month, our final ritual working with this calendar, we invite you to be in touch with water in your own body and specifically working with water in its three states, ice, liquid, and vapor. So to begin, you might want to make some special ice cubes, some magic ice cubes for yourself, make them with some intention. As you are filling the ice cube trays, you might want to put in some of your favorite tea. Loose tea would work really well, some lavender flowers, peppermint leaves, tulsi, anything that is beautiful and aromatic, and you fill the ice cube trays with this, you fill it with water, and as you put it into the freezer, you acknowledge that there are parts of your body and nervous system that have needed to freeze from time to time in your life. There might be something in you now that is in freeze mode, and that this is protective, and that it's okay to protect these pieces when they need protection. So that's step one. You make the ice, you let it harden, maybe go to bed next day, live your life. At the end of the next day, before you go to bed, you're going to take out all of the ice cubes from the tray and put them into your tea kettle. You're not gonna make tea yet. You're just going to leave them in the kettle overnight and acknowledge as you put them in, here is a safe container for you to melt. Leave that tea kettle maybe near a radiator on your wood stove, if you've got a wood stove going all night, in a warm sunny window where the sun will come in the morning. When you wake up, unless you're living in an incredibly freezing house, <laughs> when you wake up, you will wake up to water that is infused already with these beautiful plants you've put into it. And the third and final step is to make your tea. Boil that water, get some vapor going, let the vapor kind of move over your face and hands a little bit as the tea is boiling and say to yourself, as you're feeling this vapor and as you're pouring this tea into your cup, there are things that I have been holding that it is okay to release. And then let yourself be nourished. Drink that tea. There is a final piece to this ritual 
that I don't know if my sister is okay with me saying, but I'm going to try to say it anyway. Which is at some point, after drinking your magical tea, you're going you're gonna to need to pee that out. And so when you, when you go to the bathroom, when you're ready to release that waste, this last piece of the ritual is, I am a fucking vessel for transformation. I am nourished. I release. I am part of the flow of the motherfucking universe. And the only thing that I would add to that is, um, you know, feel free to go pee outside. I just keep coming back to the relationality of this image, which is floating in emptiness when you look at it, which is about being open and empty. And yet, as we have been talking about the water this whole time as something essential to our lives that flows and moves and changes, I keep thinking about the relational energy of water and how we are able to encounter each other with receptivity, with generosity, able to be in this kind of state of giving, of generosity. This is such a generous image. And that that capacity to step up and be both vulnerable and open and empty and generous to me speaks so much to what it feels like to be in healed relationships after trust Mm. has been repaired, if it was ever broken, or Mm -hmm. internal capacity to trust has been repaired if that was broken. And totally this, totally. you know, as we're closing out this year, closing out this particular podcast, really, you know, putting, putting a beautiful ending to the hum and the holler project, this podcast is going to continue, but it will be focused on next year's calendar, which is a really different calendar. And this is the thread mm-hmm. of continuity that I'm excited about is that next year's calendar, mm-hmm. even though it won't be small spells it's not going to be a riddle. We won't be approaching it the same way. It is still fundamentally about our relationships and how we transform and heal and grow strong mm-hmm. within them. So I just figured this was a good place as we're wrapping up to give a shout out to Beloved Stranger, which is for sale now on our Etsy mm-hmm. shop in a bunch of stores. And we're going to keep this podcast going. There's going to be fables. There's going to be stories. We're going to be getting into it. The only thing I'm going to add to that is that the the hum and the holler as the name of the calendar that we just went through this year of riddles and small spells, that's ending. But the the hum and the holler podcast, it will remain. That is, we've claimed that at the na- as the name of this audio project. So even though we're going to be talking about Beloved Stranger, you're still going to be tuning in to the hum and the holler. Yes. Thank you for that very important clarification. Joe, if people want to buy calendars and haven't yet, where can they find them? You can find them on our Etsy store, uh, both Abacus Corvus and Karina Dross. We have two Etsy stores. We're just like that. And you can find them if you're in town, in Asheville town or Marshalltown. They have them in Asheville at Horse and Hero and at Art Garden and uh, at Downtown Books and News. They might have them at Malaprops. And in Marshall, you can find them at the Flow Gallery on Main Street. Uh, but really, online is... I mean, they're also at all kinds of other stores because um, we have a super small distributor that sends them to natural food stores and independent bookstores all over. So you could go ahead and check your local natural food store <laughs> and see if they're there uh, to get <laughs> out of a shipping thing. 
Um, or you can head over to our Etsy store. And if they're not there, mm-hmm. you can ask why not. That's right. That's right. And uh, final little product shout out is that uh, for the month of December, all of our prints on Etsy are 40% off. So what was normally $18 is now a little more than $10. And uh, please just buy all the prints if you'd like. We'd like to move, you know, <laughs> talking about flow, talking about things getting unstuck. We want to move <laughs> that stuff. So um, yeah, Etsy store is the way, is the place to go. You can also follow us on Instagram at Abacus Corvus. Our website is Abacus Corvus. Basically we're Abacus Corvus. So if you want to <laughs> get in touch with us, you just go online and say Abacus Corvus. That's the spell you have to use through the That's internet. The magic, words. the magic words are Abacus Corvus. And we just want to thank you for following us through the journey of this year. This is our first podcast. We are figuring it out as we go. Man. Uh, as we go, we will perhaps <laughs> get better at it. But we've been having a blast doing this. And if you've been enjoying it, please uh, leave us uh, a positive review or rate us on whatever podcast app you use. And we would also love some feedback for what you want to hear next year. Uh, we weren't really soliciting feedback for this first year because I kind of feel like a baby project. We just, we have a vision, we run with it and we see if it works. Mm-hmm. But now that we've decided that we want to keep podcasting and keep talking about the images we make and sharing them with you, I would love to have a sense of what parts of this podcast you liked best. If there are other things you want to see us do in the future. If you do want to get in touch with us for anything, guess what? You go into your email and you go abacuscorvus at gmail.com. Those are the magic words. Those are the magic words. Yep. Thank you all. Have a good new year. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back in touch next year with the whole new same different thing.